Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shamel. I, of course, am your host, Brother Shamel, and I'm glad to be back on uh, with another episode. Um, and I've been, of course, in the cut for a while, you know, social distancing and the whole nine, but uh, I'm back. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be um, doing as many as frequently as I initially intended, of course. Um, and this episode will kind of give you some insight as to why um, this is basically uh, a time, as we all know, is definitely a, a very revealing time that we are in. And as a result, I've been doing my self-reflection. Reflection is the business of man. So thus, that has prompted me to uh, present this particular episode uh, with this particular topic. Uh, I was requested, um, or I received, I should say, I received a numerous request from people. I appreciate the support. Let me know, hey, when you're going to come out with another episode of Masterminds, so I definitely appreciate the love. Um, so I think it's only fitting that I do this one, which is entitled Holistic Hermit. The Holistic Hermit. And what I will be doing is I will be reading a selection from the Circle 7. Um, in particularly, I will be reading from chapter uh, 14. Uh, which actually speaks about the topic of the hermit, uh, and particularly John the Harbinger, also known as John the Baptist. So in the first portion, I will be, of course, reading the chapter in its entirety, and I will touch on some key points in the particular chapter, uh, some things you may have thought about, some things you may know, some things you may not have known. Uh, but I think that right now, you know, especially since we're in the time of, you know, stay at home, quarantine and all of that, I think this chapter is very fitting, very, very fitting uh, for those who are into more science. I think that they will receive a lot of wisdom from this chapter and it gives us insight onto the mindset that we as um, spiritually minded people should approach this particular day and time that we're in. So without further ado, I'm going to read from chapter 14 of the Circle 7, entitled John the Harbinger, returns to Hebron, lives as a hermit in the hills, visits his Jerusalem, and speaks to the people. It's not visitors, it's visits, <laughs> but visits Jerusalem and speaks to the people. Okay, starting with chapter one. It came to pass when John, the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, had finished all his studies in the Egyptian schools, he returned to Hebron, where he abode for certain days. And then he sought the wilderness and made his home in David's cave where many years before 
he was instructed by the Egyptian sage. Some people call him Hermit of Engedi, and others say he is the wild man of the hills. He clothed himself with skins of beasts. His food was carrots, honey, nuts, and fruits. When John was 30 years of age, he went into Jerusalem and in the marketplace, he sat in silence seven days. The common people and the priests, the scribes and Pharisees came out in multitudes to see the silent hermit of the hills, but none were bold enough to ask him who he was. But when his silent past was done, he stood forth in the midst of all and said, Behold, the king has come. The prophets told of him. The wise men long have looked for him. Prepare, O Israel, prepare to meet your king. And that was all he said. And then he disappeared. And no one knew where he had gone. And there was great unrest through all Jerusalem. The rulers heard the story of the Hermit of the Hills. And they sent couriers forth to talk with them that they might know about the coming king, but they could find him not. And after certain days, he came again into the marketplace and all the city came to hear him speak. He said, be not disturbed, you rulers of the state. The coming king is no antagonist. He seeks no place on any earthly throne. He comes the prince of peace, the king of righteousness and love. His kingdom is within the soul. The eyes of men shall see it not, and none can enter but the pure in heart. Prepare, O Israel, prepare to meet your king. Again, the hermit disappeared. The people strove to follow him, but he had drawn a veil about his form, and men could see him not. Jewish feast day came. Jerusalem was filled with Jews and proselytes from every part of Palestine. And John stood in the temple court and said, Prepare, O Israel, prepare to meet your king. So you have lived in sin. The poor cry in your streets, and you regard them not. Your neighbors, who are they? You have defrauded friends and foes alike. You worship Allah with voice and lip. Your hearts are far away and set on gold. Your priests have bound upon the people burdens far too great to bear. They live in ease upon the hard-earned wages of the poor. Your lawyers, doctors, scribes are useless cumberers of the ground. They are but tumors on the body of the state. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet they consume the profits of your marts of trade. Your rulers are adulterers, extortioners, and thieves. Regard not the rights of any man. And robbers ply their calling in the sacred hills. 
the holy temple you have sold to thieves. Their dens are in the sacred places set apart for prayer. Hear, hear, you people of Jerusalem, reform. Turn from your evil ways or Allah will turn from you and heathen from afar will come. And what is left of all your honor and your fame will pass in one short hour. Prepare, Jerusalem. Prepare to meet your king. He said no more. He left the court and no one saw him go. The priests, the doctors, and the scribes were all enraged. They sought for John, intent to do him harm. They found him not. The common people stood in his defense. They said, the hermit speaks the truth. And then the priests, the doctors, and the scribes were so afraid. They said no more. They hid themselves away. So this particular um, passage in within um, the Circle 7 correlates or parallels with the stories in the New Testament as it pertains to John the Baptist. Um, Of course, pretty much being the wild man, uh, you know, the one who who was the hermit, who who kind of was off to himself, the recluse. And it's very interesting for a number of reasons. First, when you read this passage, just on a a basic level, I'll say, you see a lot of parallels to what's happening now in terms of the state of chaos um, economically and otherwise. And you see the hermit comes with a warning and there's a spiritual degree on the hermit, which I'm going to get into later, but he comes with a warning. He is a harbinger. He is a forerunner. And I'm telling you to prepare, to prepare yourself, to get ready. If you look at the day and time we're in, Right, we are supposed to be ready. We're supposed to be in preparation of what has come and what is set to come because this is not the end. There's more to come of this chaos. Um, he was able in this story, the hermit is able to give this revelation because he stood in silence for seven days, he was in uh, seven day meditation. And there's, of course, a deep science with this, with the number seven. Seven is the number of perfection. So when you look at the term hermit, the word hermit, the etymology of the word hermit comes from the Latin eremitia, eremita, okay, uh, which is from the Greek eremites of the desert, okay, it comes from eremos signifying desert uninhabited desert dweller right so there is also prior to this uh, the degree if I'm not mistaken uh, chapter 4 yeah I believe chapter 4 of the circle 7 where it talks about John John the Baptist being prepared in uh, in reference to 
what he was set to do with the death of his mother. And also you have chapter 15, which is right after this, where you have the degree of Jesus, right? Going through self-examination in the wilderness and the desert and the wilderness are usually synonymous. So here, of course, he wasn't necessarily in the, he, it didn't say he was in a desert. It said he was in the cave, uh, he was in David's cave, which, of course, goes back, if you can read up in the, um, I believe, in the book of Psalms, um, they speak about David's cave somewhere in the Old Testament. I can't recall right now, but it speaks about David's caves where he um, where he shielded himself for a period of time. But in in Gedi, they called him the Hermit of Engedi. So. The Hermit of Engedi. Engedi is actually in science. It is actually the. Um, it is a Latin, or I should say, an anglicized uh, pronunciation of the Hebrew word Engedi, which is two words. Engedi literally means spring of the kid, and not a kid as in a child, but kid as in a young goat, a baby goat which is an oasis, right, actually um, located in Israel west of the Dead Sea, near the Qumran Caves, right? Keep that in mind, the Qumran Caves, the Cave of David, right? They actually have something called David Falls in Ein Gedi. So, uh, when you look at that from that um, text, um, and, and I'm sorry, it's not it's not Psalms. It was actually Samuel, First Samuel, um, chapter twenty three, verse twenty nine, and chapter twenty four, verses one to two, where when he David, the story is of David fleeing King Saul, who was the king of Israel at the time, and you know going into the strongholds of Ein Gedi, right? And and then also in Psalm 63, uh, it speaks about um, the Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So it, it denotes, it implies that as well. But the point I'm, I'm making here in Ein Gedi, right, that place, uh, that place has a lot of significance. Qumran Caves is where you find the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls, we know were kept intact and maintained by the Essenes, which was a mystical group. And the, this mystical group had a lot of knowledge. Uh, one of their scrolls is the scrolls of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek um, literally means king of justice or king of righteousness. Now, you notice when I spoke in reference to uh, the hermit speaking about the upcoming king right it said he was the king of righteousness and love king of righteousness is Melchizedek right so he was basically speaking a Melchizedek degree keep in mind king of righteousness peace he comes the peace of 
Prince of Peace, the King of Righteousness and Love. King of Righteousness is Melchizedek. Melchizedek is Hebrew for King of Justice or King of Righteousness. And again, the Melchizedek scroll is was found in the Qumran caves. The Qumran caves, right? And is where nearby the Dead Sea where you have Ain Gedi. So all of that is in the seeing territory. And this is very important. So they had this information. They had this secret knowledge. And also what's very interesting is going into Ain Gedi, there is actually a temple or what they call a synagogue. In that synagogue and um, we'll get more into that in depth but in the synagogue they have a mosaic this is very interesting now we're told that the Hebrew or the Judaic uh, religion has the six pointed star well in that particular center of the floor you won't find a six pointed star you'll find a particular mosaic this mosaic here is actually what appears to be in the center an eight pointed star so and this is very significant why I'm about to break this down in reference and I'm this relates when I go into the second half about the science of the hermit there is a particular synagogue a temple in the in Ein Gedi that has a mosaic on the floor in the middle of the floor it's dealing with sacred geometry in that geometry it appears to be within the square an eight pointed star which when you close look closely is actually two squares um, positioned in such a way where it appears to be an eight pointed star and in the middle of that is the circle so you have the science of the circle and the square in the middle of this floor in this synagogue not only that in this within this mosaic in the center that you will find birds the, a matter of fact around the whole mosaic you'll find birds 12 in total 4 birds in the center of the circle keep that in mind 4 and around the outskirts you will find 8 these birds are two types of birds peacocks and geese the peacock and the geese are symbolic in metaphysics and all throughout spirituality particularly in the Hebrew um, Kabbalah tradition Okay, the peacock symbolizes nobility beauty and immortality as a matter of fact in the earlier drawings the peacock is depicted next to the biblical tree of life and they have stories about the school of the peacock alright so that's with the peacock with the geese the goose the goose symbolizes bravery courage right and you hear the story about the the mother goose the mother goose is the one who protects her young in the story right um 
and there's loyalty involved because during migration see, um, see, season, if a goose becomes injured, another goose will break free from the flock to stay behind with the fallen goose. So they don't leave anyone behind. Okay. So this is within these birds. They're 12 in total. And there's Hebrew writing that speaks in reference um, to the Zodiac. Uh, very interestingly enough, uh, there is an ex- there are various inscriptions in Hebrew in this mosaic in Ein Gedi. And one of which um, um, calls for Abraham and other prophets, the Jewish monks, and the signs of the Zodiac to bless Israel. Right? 12 Jewish months, 12 signs of the Zodiac, 12 birds. You do the math. Right? As I've spoken many times, uh, the, sick, the secret numbers are 3, 7, 12 right you can include 9 in there as well but throughout the scripture you'll find the 3 the 7 and the 12 12 step ladder 7 creative spirits the triune right Uh, 3 steps to salvation etc etc so this is no coincidence you know you know, it breaks the actual particular um, myths that are out there. You know, you think, well, okay, well, did Zodiac is, you know, Judaism, the Bible, the Torah, none of these have anything to do with the Zodiac. That's what um, Western institutionalized religion wants you to think. But when you go and do your research, you know that there was never a separation within that. Never. The Bible, from a metaphysical level, when you study it, you will find that it is indeed an astrological book. It talks about Orion, Octurus, and all that. <laughs> so, um, the ages, you know, and we can do a whole nother uh, episode on that alone. But I wanted to bring these things into light. Uh, also, it talks about, of course, Hebron. He went into the city of Hebron. Hebron, of course, is what makes Hebron um, so important is that Hebron is the city where it has the oldest um, Hebrew community. Um, that is the significance of that particular place. It is the oldest uh, Hebraic um, community in existence in Hebron so there's very significant uh, actually goes back really before Abraham it goes back to Canaan you know to um, the Canaanites when you really go into there you'll find that to be the case so of course there's a lot of history with Hebron Ein Gedi um, also as I just mentioned the the symbolism with the Essenes, um, the sacred geometry, and dealing with the symbolism of the zodiac. Um, all this takes is important, and the reason why it's important because again that that circle with the four, 
notice the symbol on the front of the circle seven is four arcs concurrent arcs putting the appearance of a circle with the seven in the middle Uh, that also is is has a numerous uh, symbolism also in line with astrology as well when you know the science about how many days are in the circle of course I put a book out entitled how many days are in the circle where I why where I speak on that and so these are things that are very important um, also you want to be able to know that when you deal with the science of the hermit the hermit is not just something that you find in Judaism and Christianity this this idea it's within all of the major spiritual systems um, this concept of the hermit the hermit is the aesthetic the hermit in which is fitting also because we're in the month of Ramadan for all my uh, fellow Muslim brothers and sisters out there Ramadan Mubarak and so this is a time of being the recluse uh, abstaining abstinence uh, not just the science of physically abstaining from food um, drink and sexual activities but more importantly abstaining from your lower self which is the demonstration you find here particularly in uh, chapter 14 of the circle 7 that's how he was able to receive the revelations and I'm going to go into that more uh, but with that said you know you'll find the Sufis uh, all of the esoteric demonstrations uh, uses the degree of the hermit the Gnostics and Christianity um, Kabbalah and Judaism Taoism and Hinduism Buddhism uh, you name it there's some degree um, even within uh, amongst our Rastafarian brothers and sisters, you have the um, those brothers in Jamaica who live in their own community. Um, and I do not want to um, massacre and butcher the name, but um, Naya Bingi, I think if that's correct, please forgive me if I mispronounce that. But that community of people that do not live in the city a Rastafarian community of course you have those Rastafarians that live within the city but the ones that live in the um, in, in the rural areas their level of spirituality is real is real heavy um, there's actually that particular uh, documentary with Snoop Dogg where he became Snoop Lion for a short period of time temporarily and he went amongst those Rastafarians and they bestowed, they bestowed a lot of spiritual gems on him. That's because when you're recluded, you, you disconnect yourself from the outside distractions. Um, thus, you get to focus on yourself, um, which the hermit degree in chapter 14 lies up directly with the self-examination degree in chapter 15 of the circle 7 
So that's very important to understand in reference to that. Um, so the hermit aspect is really one of solitary. Um, so that speaks to where we at now. It's predict- particularly those who are highly spiritual. Uh, this is a time for you to really get on that degree because this will actually prepare you. This is actually a blessing in the skies because it actually prepares you to elevate spiritually and raise your vibration to not be affected by the cares of the world. And this is very important. If we do not do this, then we will be slaves of these things that are taking place. Um, Anything that will be put out in the media will control you. It will have you swaying anyway. Um, I had the great opportunity to last week uh, meet with my good brother and my teacher in in the martial arts and and other disciplines, um, Brother Dwight Corbett Bay. And he lives out in the country. And we had a conversation, me and my wife, with him and his wife. And he basically said, look, all that stuff that's going out there, that don't even phase him. He, He don't even have to deal with it. You know, he uh, grows his own food. You know, he's very self-sufficient. And he's at peace. And you take that and you go into the city and you see where people are not at peace. So it's definitely important with the degree of the hermit. The degree of the hermit has many, many benefits. So what I'd like to get into right now in this portion of the episode is the aspect of the degree of the hermit as it pertains to a lot of the metaphysical, uh, esoteric, occult teachings. Um, What I want to address first is a particular point in the actual in the actual chapter that I read so there's a section in there where the hermit says says here he says starting from 14 verse 14 in chapter 14 it says be not be not disturbed you rulers of the state the coming king is no antagonist he seeks no place on any earthly throne he comes the prince of peace the king of righteousness and love his kingdom is within the soul the eyes of men shall see it not and none can enter but the pure in heart prepare O Israel, prepare to meet your king. Again, the hermit disappeared. The people strove to follow him, but he had drawn a veil about his form and men could see him not. Now the question naturally arises, what does it mean when it says the hermit drawn a veil about his form? 
right? Does that mean like he, you know, like people, you know, in the movies, you know, a person's trying to hide and they have a cloak and they wrap a cloak around them and they can't see him? No, that's not what it is. It's not physical. This is actually a very metaphysical degree that people know about. Okay. And the key to understanding this part, you will actually know is actually within another part of the circle seven, where specifically um, chapter seven, where it says in verse eight, all things that can be seen by human eyes are manifest of ought are not and so must pass away the things we see are but reflexes just appearing while the ethers vibrate so and so and when conditions change they disappear okay so the hermit in this story knew and the hermit knows how to master knows the technique of mastering the ethers the vibration of the ethers now this may seem spooky until one actually gets into meditation and regular spiritual practices and realize they can actually move in a physical form in certain circles and they're not noticed I'm a witness to this um, and it's nothing like you know in, like a superhero movie where you see a, you know a big glow like you know the last dragon you got the glow type thing and then oh where is he at you know I'm in this bubble no energy is real so when you understand that what you see is not what you see you're not looking at anything what you're what it is is a reflection of electromagnetic frequencies that you call light what you call light is just a range of frequency of electromagnetism energy electromagnetic energy so if you're not in tune with the frequency of that electromagnetism if it goes beyond that that wave that's why I've always said this um, the span of light is through a prism white light through a prism breaks into seven colors what they call Roy G. Bibb red, orange, yellow green, blue, indigo, violet when you go beyond violet you get into ultraviolet light which is a, which is a higher vibration the 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 higher yeah the higher vibration and in the lower vibration in red beyond any lower vibration beyond red is infrared right so you're dealing with frequency and um, wavelengths frequency is a reciprocal of wavelength so if you expand if you know how to channel your energy the ether is vibrating when the conditions change 
things disappear. Things we see are but reflexes just appearing. You're just seeing electromagnetism bounce off of objects hitting your lens, through your eyeball, through the retina, hitting the optic nerve, going straight into your brain, and then you're interpreting an, an image. Things can appear and disappear at any time depending on the frequency of the energy. So when you get into your spiritual practices, you know how to shift frequencies of, of energy. This is just a fact. Now, that is the science of the veil. The veil, the veil between spirit and matter, the seen and the unseen. So with that being said, that opens up the door to, excuse me, to the other aspect of this, which is what is the hermit specifically when you deal with uh, the Kabbalah? And I'm using the Kabbalah specifically because it is the aspect of the Hebrew mysticism. And of course, this is a Hebrew story, uh, even though this you'll find it in the New Testament of the Bible originally, and of course, in the Circle 7 um, and other accounts as well. This actually is a story rooted in the Hebrew tradition just by virtue of the fact it talks about Dave's Caves and Ein Gedi and if you know about Ein Gedi which I just explained it ties you to the Qumran Caves which ties you to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Dead Sea Scrolls were held in possession by the Essenes so this is the Essene knowledge this, and it's Kabbalistic knowledge so one of the things you will come across when you study about the hermit you'll find that the hermit is actually a character within the system of the tarot cards now of course there's various different types of tarot cards Um, in my humble opinion and I'm not an expert on the tarot I do not uh, do anything with tarot cards uh, but I respect I respect the knowledge Um, you know some people say oh that's well it is divination but some people will call it witchcraft it's not um can it be used for negative yes it can um but it's it's beyond that so specifically and i'm just going to get into the science in reference to the hermit character because there's many ones is the there's the fool there's you know you know the i think the knight the king whatever but the hermit is one of them again I'm not an expert on it so in my research I came across the realization of the hermit so in the in this particular tarot system I'm referring to is the Thoth the Thoth tarot cards okay to be specific so if you pull up that particular card one thing you will notice you will notice a couple of things. One of the things you will notice is next to the term hermit, there is a Hebrew letter. That Hebrew letter is Yad. Uh, Yad is 
actually is actually the smallest Hebrew letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And keep in mind, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Okay? 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 bones in the skull. Right? When you add the three main numbers that I mentioned earlier, which is 3, 7, and 12. 3, 7, and 12. Those numbers all throughout the... All throughout the scriptures you come up with the number 22 22 um, paths in the Kabbalah right so Yad is the smallest num- the smallest letter Yad actually in the New Testament there's a phrase there's a part I believe in the book of Matthew where Jesus is quoted as saying um, not one jot nor one tittle shall in no wise be removed from the law. Um, you hear the word jot this down, where the word jot that's mentioned in the Bible in the term to jot something down that comes from the Hebrew word yad. When you get into jot, it becomes Yiddish because there's no J in the original Hebrew language, it was a Y, but they changed it into to the J. Likewise, the person who who they say was the Hebrew prophet Jesus, that could not have been his name because there was no J. There is no J in the Hebrew language. Um, Same thing with Jehovah. So with that being said, Yad means that no Yad, the smallest letter would not be removed. The Yad. Yad represents the hand symbolically in the Hebrew language. Not only does it represent the Hebrew um, hand, right? It also has the um, the sim- um, the symbology and numerology, particularly in, in gematria, of ten. Ten is the number behind Yad. Uh, the Hermit is also connected with the astrological sign of Virgo, right? And it connects in with the Sephira on the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, um, specifically with Tefereth, which means beauty, or your your Christ center, and Chesed, which is mercy. Okay, um, so those are things to make note that. Sephira of Tephira and I spoke about it in my book um, specifically who is Elohim I went in depth into that specific Sephira which is an emanation anyone who's familiar with Kabbalah knows about that that is your logo center that is your Christ center that is uh, the center dealing with Christ consciousness okay so you'll notice that the hermit um, is holding something that's emulating a light and the light is shining forth and you'll see two fundamental things on on the lower and this is with the Thoth tarot card on the lower right corner you'll see a three-headed dog right which represents um, 
the dog uh, Cerebus, uh, Cer- uh, Cerberus, 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 which guards Hades, right? That's in some that's pertaining to death, right? And then you have on the lower right side what looks to be like a, a sperm cell. So what it denotes is that the hermit, right? When the hermit is in tune, okay, it has the, it has the power over life and death. It, in other words, it rises. The hermit rises above the swing of the pendulum that brings people to their death. Okay. Also, they have the cosmic egg that's also there as well with the serpent around the egg. Uh, towards the upper left side of the card and of course we're dealing with the the origin of the cosmos okay now this is very important because when you're dealing with the degree of the hermit right the degree of the hermit is such where you understand that this particular to be in that realm Right is very powerful, very powerful because the hermit is not one to be swayed. The hermit is one that has risen above their low, they have mastered their lower self. You know, when you read that story about um, the hermit in chapter 14 of the circle seven, they call him a wild man. That means he. You know, he's not the most groomed person. His food was carrots, honey, nuts, and fruit. He didn't even eat meat, right? He clothed himself with the skin of beast. He wasn't fancy. He didn't have silk garbs. He didn't have even um, cloth, right? He had he was clothed with animal skin. He had no desire to look fresh and fly. He wasn't impressed. He wasn't trying to impress anyone. He came on a mission and remember, I remember I said before, none can see him, but the pure in heart. If you go back to chapter four of the circle seven, you'll see where John the Harbinger had to go through purification and he had to learn the, um, the science and the teachings of purifying. And it dealt with purification, the purification ritual, which you call today baptism. But the purification was symbolic of the purification of the soul. Purification of the heart. So because he went through that, he was the message that he brought. Right. He could speak on what he already went through. And this is key. Many people today will speak on many things, but they're not they haven't gone through it so at this particular point in time this is why we're in a a very great time for those who are in that mindset for those who are more carnal minded because remember carnal men want not the light you know the light shining in the dark and the dark comprehending not that whole thing if you're not if you're carnal minded this this is not a good time you're worried about you know when your money coming in when the stimulus check coming in um 
you know who got what don't breathe on me don't sneeze you're you're always in the state of worry right because you're not tapped into the true divine essence within because to really be tapped into that you if for those who know that energy is a healing energy right many people don't know that most people don't know that that's the sad thing about it but it is something that for those who have ears to hear need to know that and recognize that and also you know in the story that I mentioned he had obviously after the seven day meditation he sat in silence for seven days after the seven days he came with a message today you would call that download yeah I got this download it was a revelation it was opening up the messages came to him because he was not distracted by anything else that's social distancing before they called it social distancing and guess what he did he went in the marketplace said what he had to say I'm out I'm not coming to chat with you I'm not coming to sign autographs you know we ain't hanging out we ain't I came here on a mission take care of my business and I'm out right and for many people that's hard to do for many people you know we're, we're social creatures and there's nothing wrong with that but there you have to look for the signs if there is if um Noah Raleigh said if you're not ready get ready and also there's this saying that you know basically you'll learn the hard way either you're gonna learn one way or the other <laughs> you'll learn one way or the other so you could sit down and you could be made to sit down right um it's just like a person who who's out there in the streets doing the wrong thing right you can either listen to your mother where they tell you yo calm down mama used to say take your time young man and all that or you can get in trouble with the law and then you're made to sit down they call it a, a prison sentence you know I have family members who just came home just spoke to them you know they had to sit down they had to be forced to reflect you know now don't get me wrong when you're in that environment um, there's distractions as well you know I myself have done mentoring in the federal prison system. If you if if you want to get into something, they there's something out there for you. Not to the degree of the outside world, but it does exist. Um and if you really, really get in trouble, ironically, they put you in something called solitary confinement. They make you a hermit. <laughs> they make you a hermit for the purpose of reflection, self-examination. Does it work? For some people it do. Some people it don't. They get right back out there and they can't wait. I know I'm only going to do 45 days. I know people like that. He told me they've been in and out of solitary confinement. They said, when I came back, I did the same thing. Hey, some people are just like that. But there are some people who don't have to go through that 
There's some people who go through that and they come out better. There's some people who don't have to go through that. But at the end of the day, what we have to realize is that if you do take advantage of that time, that time of reclusion, that time of um, solitaire, solitary, you know, they got the game called solitaire. If you do take that time out, to really self-examine you'll you'll be open up to a world that will greatly benefit you because you are now studying yourselves in what is it in chapter 3 of the circle 7 the question is as if you would ask me what to study I would reply yourselves and that is referring to the higher self and lower self there's only two. How many cells are there? Two. Name them. Higher self and lower self. So studying self yourselves does not just mean reading a book. Studying yourself doesn't just mean, okay, yo, I'm going to go and, and check this YouTube video out or get on this conference call or check the Zoom meeting or, you know, even just listening to a podcast. All of that is good. That's cool. But the studying of self takes place when you are by and with yourself it doesn't take place in a meeting amongst others right what can be done at that meeting is you can take information that can help prepare you in that great meeting which is the meeting of you and your higher self which is the divine within you well, as they say in the Morris questionnaire, um, a law and man. So this is very important. It's important that we have this time, take advantage of this time. For those who have that level of consciousness now, because everyone will, this will not resonate with everyone. Everyone is not on this level of consciousness to even receive this information. I know that for a fact. But if you do, if you're anywhere close, take advantage of this time because that is where your power will be, your your power. Yeah, that will be your empowerment. That will be your development. Right. You will you will access the force. You will be in touch with the divine will, the deific will. As mentioned in the circle seven, you'll be in touch with these things. You'll be in touch with that energy, right? You'll be in touch with, for those who know, chi, ki, sekum, prana, haya, whatever term you want to use, you'll be in touch with that because you're no longer focused out. You're no longer expending energy with your focus outside of you. You are now internalizing the focus within you to really see the real you. Right, and I'm not talking spooky, I'm talking real talk. You'll be able to sense yourself to the point where if you feel like something's about to come on, right, you can stop it. Meaning, when I say something about to come on, I mean illness, because illness is directly related to a lack of flow of energy within you. It's just like 
um, anything that has electrical system in it, if there's a short circuit, it doesn't run right. Even a car. If there's a short circuit, you you know you have an engine in the car. The car runs an engine and it has fuel. Your body is likened to this. It has fuel. But if you can't crank up the starter and get that spark going and the wires ain't connected right, the wires are not connected to the battery, right, for the electricity to flow, don't matter how much oil, how much gas is in the car. It don't matter about the transmission fluid. No matter. Disconnect the wires from the battery. Will you move? Not at all. It's the same thing with the human body. You, you, you could be eating right, drinking right, exercising physically, doing all the, you know, the workout, you know, the gym type workouts. If you're not tapped into that inner energy, if that's if there's blockages there, and a lot of them happen by way of thoughts and emotions. If you're not as a man, it says in the Bible, as a man, as he thinketh within his heart, so is he. Right? So thought is the cause of it all. If you not in thought takes the form of electrical impulses throughout those neurons within your brain. So they're not clicking right and the energy is not being sent right. You know, you don't have them chakras lined up properly, opened up for the energy to flow correctly. You will have problems and you'd be like, oh, man, I don't I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I, you know, I'm health. You know, I eat right. Why am I feeling this way? There's a disconnect in the flow of energy. But most of us will not come to that realization until we get to study ourselves. So there's great benefit in using that hermit degree. Now, does that mean you have to stay that way and be that way 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year? No, no. There's a time and place for everything. You know, never deal, never be extreme. I would never advocate extremities as far as your life and do what works best for you. But if you have the opportunity to reflect and use that degree, the hermit degree, use it. Why not? It's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. You know, you see people posting their thing on social media you know, people who you didn't know had beards have beards now. <laughs> so they are already recluding themselves. You might as well take that time and reflect on yourself. Um, and to wrap it up, again, reflection is the business of man. When I say man, I mean male and female. Um, and with these jewels, we can actually get to raise our consciousness and be in touch with the divine. So I hope this information is of benefit to you. And until next time, until next time, peace and love.